High in the air, Brito back at the wall. Adios, Pelota! That's the type of manager that I'd like to be, which is the same every day. They know what they're going to get. They're going to get energy. They're going to get accountability. They're going to get structure, and they're going to get support. And I'm going to bring those things to the dugout in the clubhouse regularly. It takes hard work, uh, and it takes humility, taking one step forward at a time, making one good baseball move after another. And I really feel like that's how we're going to get where we hope and intend to go. You're listening to Bags and Brisby on Athletic Podcast Network. Welcome to episode number 214 of the Bags and Brisby podcast. I am Grant Brisby. I'm here with Andy Baggerly and uh, let's see, 214 strikeouts from Gaylord Perry in uh, 1970. We don't care about that. Nobody cares about that right now. Let's just get right into it. How much responsibility does Kyle Shanahan have for running Trey Lance <laughs> up the middle like he's a fullback? It just, I, I think he, he bears some responsibility. Yeah, in week two, you don't want to hear the words air cast. Those are not the words you want to hear. So, And I, I, I do feel bad for all the Giants fans who are like, oh, this season has been unwatchable. I can't wait for football season. I can't wait to to just segue to the Niners. And sorry, you, you didn't get to enjoy that very long, did you? Yeah, that was, I am, a, I am a Lance booster. I have not bought into all the silliness about, oh, he's not ready and this and that. And I, I am a booster, so I am a pretty sad uh, and then after that game, feeling a, a little uh, a little bad about sports in general, I watched the Giants play the Dodgers on National Baseball, and it was a for a four to three, touch close Giants Dodgers game. It might have been the most boring game I've ever seen. Um, four two teams that any any team could win. At, it, they were both in it. It was just a dull game and it ended. It was like a microcosm of the giant season. Yeah, and I think Jock Peterson hitting a, what would have been a walk-off homer into like a 30-mile-per-hour wind <laughs> um, kind of is the universe getting right for Evan Longoria's homer in the NLDS at Dodger Stadium that somehow made it through that candlestickian wind at, at Dodger Stadium. So, um, but yeah, I, you know what? It's... it's uh, I think you tweeted something, or, or maybe it was Alex Pavlovich who tweeted something during the game, which was, you know, this is not easy. You're not going to snap your fingers and say, I think we're going to do the Dodgers outfield defense next year. But they got to figure out a way to uh, to have something closer to what the Dodgers have in that outfield. It just, it makes a difference every game, it seems like. Yeah, I agree. That was Alex who tweeted that, but I was, uh, I might have stood up and applauded because I mm-hmm. just, when your outfield is that big, the priority has to be a plus-plus center fielder. It's just, you saw it when they had Steven Duggar, when they had Mauricio Dubon. Those aren't plus-plus center fielders, but they made a difference almost every game. You have to have someone who is uh, rangy, who can get from corner to corner. Uh, it's It's got to happen. I'm not sure who, I'm not sure how. Uh, I don't think Aaron Judge can be the answer in center. I think if he were to beat the big splash, that he should be in an outfield corner. Uh, but it's they got to do something. They got to do something. It's just it's so easy to watch the Dodgers and go, wow, that seems like it would work for the Giants. Yeah, what they basically need to do is sign Brandon Nimmo and then at the physical have him give like uh, uh, like I don't know, give him a spinal tap or something and say, oh no no, this is only so we can grow two more of you in a test tube, and, and so we'll have three Brandon Nimmos. That's uh, aside from that, I'm not sure how they're going to solve it in one off season, but. Um, but yeah, it's it's a problem, especially if they're going to bring Jock Peterson back. I mean, and and maybe not DH him full time. It's like 
come on, man. We've seen this before. It's not going to work. Yeah, I am currently writing about that right now uh, just because the the Jock Peterson bunt uh, attempt uh, when he struck out trying to bunt in the eighth inning, it kind of broke me to the idea of platooning in general and Jock Peterson overall as a, as a member of this roster. He's a fine hitter. He does a lot of things well. He's been the most productive hitter for the Giants uh, this season overall. He's a team leader in home runs. He does a lot of things right. Uh, but he cannot hit left-handed pitching. It's not that you have to hide him against left-handed pitching. He just cannot hit lefties, and he knows that. And so that's why he was trying to bunt. Uh, it was the the smart baseball play. That's not his fault. He was doing what he could to help the Giants win. It's just it's it's unwatchable. And I, I feel bad saying that because he almost hit the walk-off home run, and that's all we would have been talking about right now. So he's a, still a good player, but the, the line changes, the pinch hitting, the players that you know when they come up against a lefty, you go, oh, okay, here we go. It's almost like watching a Barry Zito at bat. I just, I don't need to see it anymore. And I feel bad saying that because he's a, a solid player. Lamont Wade Jr., maybe he's going to be solid next year. Really hard to watch right now, though. Yeah, and I mean, you know, you look at your experience if you followed this team for any amount of times and you couldn't wait for Barry Bonds next at bat. You couldn't wait for Buster Posey's next at bat. And, you know, that's to not have that kind of feeling like ever is is pretty deflating. And, you know, you ask a lot of your fans when you, you know, you're playing a 162 game season, it's demanding on everybody, but, you know, it's demanding on fans too. And, you know, that's a huge investment of time and effort and passion and interest. And you got to give them a little bit more, I think. Um, and that's, uh, um, I think it's, I th- you know, maybe they thought they'd get to this off season and they'd have, you know, some pieces up from the minor leagues. And now you can make your big, you know, targeted free agent splashes to put the team over the top. And maybe they're not there yet, but I think they got to do it anyway. I think it's, I think the market is, is demanding that of them. And, um, you know, I'm not sure what the move will be because you, you can't just say, well, Aaron Judge, come on down. I mean, he's got to, I think he's going to go back to the Yankees. Um, But, but uh, yeah, I mean, there's going to be other choices out there. A lot of shortstops, obviously, but then, you know, you got to figure out what you do with Brandon Crawford. So um, it's, I, I really don't know what their sort of, um, unifying theory of this offseason is going to be. I don't think I don't think they really can have one at this point. And this reminds me of the silliest argument against Shohei Otani winning the American League MVP. You can say Aaron Judge is more valuable, but the argument that I hate is that well, he's not he's not in contention. The Angels aren't contending. That how can he be valuable when your team is not contending? Man, you're giving your your fans something to watch, something to look forward to, something to tune into and marvel at. That is wildly valuable. That is something the Giants fans would pay in body parts and limb. I mean, they would love to have that. Uh, it's just not there. And when you bring up Barry Bonds as an example, yeah, that's that's missing. And maybe that's an extreme example, but. Buster Posey's missing. There's no one that you're, oh, finally, aha, I waited an hour and he's up again. No, there's there's no one. There's guys who are good in certain situations and bad in others. And it's, uh, especially when it's a three true outcome kind of team too, where it's walks, strikeouts, and home runs, that makes it a little bit harder to, to watch and they aren't stringing rallies together. It's just, I, I resisted. I know Tim Kawakami has been uh, pumping the, hey, the Giants need a star. Uh, he's He's been blowing that bugle for a while. And I was resisting that for a while. 
I'm on board, though. I think, I don't know who it's going to be, but boy, it, it needs something to, to put some energy into this team. Yeah, and you know, it's not like they don't have people that are worth the price of admission. I mean, Carlos Rodon's having just a fantastic season. I, I would, as a baseball fan, if he's if he's pitching, you know, and he's on another team, I'm I'm watching that game because um, you know, he's got 220 strikeouts in in 167 innings, and um, boy, it's it's really going to be interesting to see what happens uh, when the Dodgers sign him this offseason, and just how many wins he can get. <laughs> I saw that in your article. That was cruel. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's 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 true. He almost signed with the Dodgers. This past off season, so who's to say that they won't? You know, if, if I'm Carlos Rodon and I'm watching all those fly balls, you know, collect into softly into Mookie Betts's glove and, and and Cody Bellinger's glove, I'm tempted to want to play for them. Um, but uh, you know, I, I I don't know. I guess I guess my point is, um, you know, they have some pieces that I think are are valuable. They have some players who are watchable. I like Tyler Estrada leading off. I think that was a nice, nice, interesting move that they made, even though he's maybe not a guy who's going to draw, you know, a billion walks. Um, but, uh, but yeah, you need, you, you need, uh, every car needs an engine and they don't have an engine right now. And I just don't see it, the quick fix because like, like you said, we can talk about this uh, as the offseason gets closer, but I just I don't see how the Yankees let Aaron Judge go. I know that that is the name that's on uh, the lips of every Giants fan. They, ESPN devoted a, a segment to it during last night's telecast. Uh, it makes a ton of sense. And to be fair, not that many uh, MVP players have worn Rich Aurelia's number uh, on purpose because they loved Rich Aurelia. So, I mean, there is a little bit of something there, but I just don't see how the Yankees let him go. I mean, you have to have Rich Aurelia be part of the pitch, right? I mean, sure. I would have him at Aaron Judge's house like right now. Like Aaron Judge looks out his window <laughs> and there's Richie on the riding lawnmower. Hey, thought I'd, thought I'd help out, you know? Um, I mean, yeah, they, they need to pull out every stop. Um, but... Uh, uh, but yeah, it's, it's it it does seem like if you're putting all your eggs in the Aaron Judge basket, you're you're probably gonna end up with you know yolk all over your face because it's not gonna. Um, maybe I'll just stop that metaphor where it is. But but uh, <laughs> it, it it does seem like he's probably gonna go back to the Yankees. So that leaves. Uh, let me read from this list. You have Trey Turner, Xander Bogarts can opt out, Carlos Correa can opt out, Dansby Swanson will be a free agent, Tim Anderson can opt out. Uh, Boy, oh boy, those are some shortstops. And I think the Giants have to treat Brandon Crawford as someone who can help out here and there, but maybe not start all 162 games next year. Oh, I, I totally agree. I think that uh, they're probably going to, you know, go the um, the route that they've gone with Evan Longoria, where they just don't play him as often and they try to keep him as healthy and productive as they can when he's on the field. Because uh, he's had a lot of nagging stuff this year that he's never had to deal with before. Um, and you know, that's, that's what happens. It's, it's, it's tough getting old, man. It's, it's, uh, you think you, you're on top of one thing and then something else goes and now you're starting all over again. And that's, uh, it, that's sort of the one thing after another complaint. I've, I've heard that from so many players in their, their thirties or mid thirties, late thirties, uh, where they get to that stage where, you know, it's just, it's so hard to feel a hundred percent. And, and obviously it's hard to perform when you're not a hundred percent. So you're always kind of chasing this um, this this goal or this this idea that that you'll get healthy, and once that happens, everything will turn around. But you know, it's just the oil starts leaking from too many places. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24/7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. 
You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Uh, I, w- I do want to correct myself. Tim Anderson has team options that the White Sox will definitely pick up. So cross him off your list. See, the offseason is already going horribly. Uh, he's not going to be available <laughs> for, the, for the Giants. But I mean, that that to your point, that is the uh, when you're talking about Barry Bonds and performance enhancing drugs. That's what they did for him. They didn't. I mean, they made him bigger. They made him stronger. They made him able to play in almost every game in as a 39, 40, 41 year old. That's the benefit. That's how he said records it's it's that and uh i'm not suggesting that the giants start giving their players these uh better living through chemistry brochures but that's the difference and it's you just see it with brandon belt brandon crawford they're older they're they're more hurt and it's not working out and i just you can't expect anything from them going forward i don't think that's unfair but yeah, it's kind of true. Yeah, I know you, you make a great point about, you know, the steroid era. It was as much about or even more about recovery as it was about strength. And and especially for the, the players who produced into their late 30s, it's, you know, it, it and the Giants, honestly, it, it was a market uh, inefficiency. Uh, they, they went after a lot of players who were older. Um, and I, I'm not going to start naming names because I don't want to, <laughs> you know, put... Oh, this guy and that guy and this guy. I mean, whether they're people who were attached to rumors or innuendo or hard evidence or not, they went over. Uh, they went after a lot of older players, and they found a lot of success and a lot of production that way. So, uh, but that was obviously another time, another era, and uh, and now we're moving into you know another kind of new era where the rules are changing for the first time and in a meaningful way in in, in quite a long time. And uh, Jason Stark wrote a really good piece, I thought. Um, on our fair website about, you know, what some of the impacts were going to be. And, and, uh, and yeah, it's, it'll be really interesting to see how they kind of plan or game plan or or go after different players, uh, you know, given what the rules are going to be. I mean, you know, does Brandon Bell become more, um, uh, I guess, attractive to them because he can't be shifted on, for example. Yeah, it's it, it's fascinating because you can make isolated cases for someone like Belch now that the shift is going to be much different for him. You can make a case that, well, you've, you've got this much on the buyout for Evan Longoria, which means you already committed this and you do the math and, well, he's still productive and he's great in the clubhouse. But when you start to add them up and you start looking at the forest for the trees, it's just not all going to work. They have to pick and choose their spots. And by re-signing Wilmer Flores, I think they've made one of those decisions and they can't make too many more like it. And I I just look at this roster and who are you excited about in the lineup next year to watch and to have a part of the 2023-2024 Giants? It's Estrada, and even that's a little bit muted. Joey Bart's done very well to get back to that point. We're excited to watch him progress. That's about it. I mean, David VR is he's come around nicely, but I don't know if you can guarantee a, a starting job to him next year. He'll have to earn it a little bit more. There's just it's it's not there. And I don't know how it's going to be there. It's not going to come up right away. It's not going to be Luciano on opening day next year. So I don't know. I'm a little flummoxed. Yeah, you know, I think uh, Casey Schmidt will will probably make the big leagues at some point next season. Um, from a, you know pitching standpoint, I think we're going to see Kyle Harrison in the big leagues next season. Um, but but you're right; they don't have you know that uh, you know uh, I, I guess can't miss prospect. And, and no prospect is really a can't miss. But um, you know they don't have the 
the super exciting guy that you think is going to jump in right away, like a Julio Rodriguez, and, and be a mm-hmm. you know thirty thirty type player. Um, but they, I mean, I, and I wrote about this the other day, uh, and I thought it was just sort of a weird juxtaposition where you know the the Giants were essentially getting pantsed again by the Dodgers, and in the meantime. Um, you know, you've got Eugene winning a, a really uh, impressive back and forth dramatic game uh, in Vancouver, uh, where the drinking age is 19, conveniently enough, um, to, to win the, the league championship. And it's a it's a it's a league with six teams. You know, it's it's uh, it's it's not exactly, you know, you, you don't exactly say, well, you know, the, the dynasty is about to start. They won a single A championship. But, you know, they, they've, they had a lot of players go through Eugene this year. It was almost two different teams. And, you know, I, I'm watching Cole Waits out there, and he's the first guy drafted from the 2019 class to reach the majors as a giant. And, and uh, you know, he makes his second relief appearance uh, uh, in that game that night, uh, Friday. And he strikes out Mookie Betts for his first career strikeout. And then I, I see him in the clubhouse after, and, and – um, he said, what's the score of the Eugene game? I saw they, were, they pulled ahead and I looked, pulled up my phone and I saw that it went final. And he went, all right, sweet, I get a ring. <laughs> so I thought, well, at least, one, <laughs> at least one guy had a nice day, you know. Um, but, but there is. There, I mean, even though a lot of the, the, the top prospects, you know, the, the Bishops, uh, the Baileys, the Elliot Ramos have, have really stalled or, or Luciano lost two months with a back injury, you know, that tends to, to be what we look at. Uh, but overall, I think there was some really good progress made on a lot of fronts in the organization this year and a lot of good things to feel um, to celebrate. And, and it's just it's just so hard to do that when the Dodgers are in town and, and, and the Giants just look like they're just leagues and leagues behind them. Yeah, they, I mean, it's a good point. You look in the Giants, it, it's you focus on some of the disappointments uh, like an Elliot Ramos or, or other players uh, and they can be the differences can be stark. But you look down to the lower minors and the Giants are doing a lot of good things. They are doing uh, some fantastic things in Eugene. But then again, you look up at AAA and you have the Oklahoma City Dodgers. Dodgers are 79 and 62, and they are filled with top prospects, young prospects, Miguel Vargas. Uh, they have players who are getting a whole bunch of strikeouts. They look like it's not going to stop. It's just they're they have the prospects who are closer to the majors. They have the prospects you probably will see next season where the Giants, you'll see a couple, but as, as far as becoming a fully functional Death Star, that's not going to happen until 2024 at the earliest. So even when you look at, in, for the hope in the minor leagues, the Dodgers are still beating the world at developing minor league players, which seems unfair. I think that should be, uh, there should be Congress to get involved, is what I'm saying. Yes, yes, I agree. Because Congress doesn't have anything else. And they're so efficient, Congress, is <laughs> when they put their mind to something. They work together so well. Um, but... Uh, but yeah, I think the other thing that I'm I'm personally weary of, and I, I really don't shouldn't have a, a you know a kind of a horse in this race, but I'm just a little bit tired of the back end of the forty man maneuvering. It's like oh, Jarrell Cotton's here one day, and this is nothing against Jarrell Cotton at all, but you know it just seems like they're just they still seem to be just grabbing bodies, and and I don't understand what the plan is. I really don't. I don't get uh, sort of the frenetic you know grabbing of people off waivers and then DFAing them. And, you know, it's it's like Mauricio Dubon. It was a guy who was a plus defender and, and really could have helped this team. Uh, Steven Duggar, same thing. 
And they traded those two guys and they traded them for Mike Papierski and Willie Calhoun, who have since been designated for assignment. So I get it. You know, they, they got caught in the roster game a little bit with both those guys. But I mean, boy, you can look at some of the transactions this year and Perlander Baroa for Donovan Walton. What in the hell was that? I mean, I don't understand it. And I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt that there's more to this that I don't get because they're smart people in that front office. But man, I just don't get it. Yeah, I you know me. I love a good uh, minor transaction. I liked writing about them uh, early in the year when they would make a trade and I would go, oh, let me look at this guy and try and figure out what I stopped. It, there were just too many. There were too many. And by the time I would think, oh, let me see if I he was gone. And I don't get it either. Uh, Gerald Cotton, uh, okay, I guess. If you squint and you say, oh, here's what he's done. Here's what he's been good at. Uh, here's what he did in the minors this year. I get it. But it is exhausting. It is back to the Tyler Austin days and the minor uh, incremental moves where you you have a C-minus player and then you get a C borderline C minus player and that's an upgrade technically but yeah it's not it's not great it's not, and also it goes back to watchability and just are you pumped up to watch uh Colton Welker when he's healthy uh, I don't know man like I I just realized that Colton Welker was still on the the 40 man roster well, I guess he was uh, put on the 60 day IL but we're talking about Colton Welker no one should have to do that on a podcast no offense to Colton Welker and his family but what are we doing here <laughs> Yeah, I had one a couple days ago where I got the the notification from the Giants media department and they said, Taylor Jones has been claimed off waivers from Houston and has been optioned to AAA Sacramento. Infielder Jose Rojas has been designated for assignment. And I had to read it like three times like Jose Rojas, Jose Rojas. No, I, I no. If I think about this, I'll be able to figure out what. N- no, no, no idea. I didn't even know that person was on the roster, and I covered the damn team. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. And it, again, Taylor Jones, you look and he he does this well. He does that well. Uh, you can understand Ford Proctor. He plays catcher and shortstop in a pinch. Uh, we're talking about Ford Proctor now. Um, I just I don't see how this roster is better than what they started the season with, which is concerning because that was the strength of last year's team where it was always the next man up and and they had too many good players. They just couldn't get enough at-bats, couldn't get enough innings for these talented players. And boy, oh boy, that is not the case now. Yeah, for sure. And, um, you know, you end up with a season where after playing nip and tuck with the Dodgers in one of the greatest division races we've ever seen. Uh, they've now lost seven consecutive games at home to them, and and they're, what, 32 or something, two, 32 and a half games back. Uh, they've lost 15 games to the Dodgers in a single season. It's the most since the Giants moved to San Francisco. And I, I know they don't have to necessarily catch the Dodgers to be a, a relevant team, to be a playoff team. Um, you know, that, that, that can't be the goal. But still, it, it is just I think it's always a little more daunting after a series against the Dodgers with the way it's gone between the two teams this year. I just I, I think back to that race last year and I think back to how the season ended and how thrilling that NLDS was and how it was uh, just two teams trading body blows. And you thought the Giants had a chance and they did have a chance to walk it off at the end. How was that only 12 months ago or 11 months ago? How was it possible 11 months ago to think that these two teams were on even footing and then to watch them now and it's it's like they're playing different sports. It's like one of those spring training games where it's like Pensacola Community College against the Yankees. It, it just feels like they are so drastically far apart in the Gulf who just cannot be bridged. 11 months ago, what were we delusional? Was it just, I, I cannot fathom it. 
I don't know, but I would tell the Pensacola uh, starting pitcher, just don't throw a strike to Aaron Judge. Just don't. <laughs> right. They still just keep throwing him strikes. I don't. He's got that bond thing where he, they're actually throwing him less or fewer strikes than uh, most hitters are seeing, and he's just doing damage on them. Uh, it turns out he's really good, and I think he would look good in a Giants uniform. Just saying. I mean, it'd have to be from the big and tall store, but I, they could probably find one. <laughs> Oh, man. All right. We're going to end this a little bit earlier uh, today uh, because you you have actual journalism work to do. Um, Do you have any other thoughts about the the Giants? I mean, you go from getting waxed by the Dodgers into a a series at Coors Field. This is like designed to make you lose interest in baseball before it ends. Yeah. Ryan Spielborg is going to come out of retirement and hit another grand slam. Come on, bags. Oh, my gosh. We, we spent the whole time talking about how much better the Dodgers are, and then you drop a Ryan Spillboard's hammer on us. He's, he's a very nice guy. I, I, he, he works on the radio side. He does broadcasting for them. I see him all the time. And every time I see him, I think, Grand Slam guy, Grand Slam guy, Grand Slam guy. It so, yeah, claim to fame. I mean, hey, if I hit that Grand Slam, I'd be, I'd be tooting about it every day, too. I almost have made peace with that Grand Slam because the reason that was so devastating is because that's the moment I realized the Giants were never going to win a World Series. They were never, ever going to win a World Series, uh, especially while Bruce Bochy was the manager. So it's almost funny in retrospect. Not quite funny, but almost funny. So uh, Ryan Spillbore, he's all right. He's He's no Scott Spezio. No, for sure. All right, this has been episode 214 of the Bags and Brisbee podcast. Uh, Programming note, we're going to be back late Thursday. So after the day game, we're going to record and then we'll publish it uh, later on that day. So if you're expecting Thursday morning podcast, uh, it's a Thursday night podcast. So we hope that you will listen. Thanks for listening to this one. We'll see you then.